Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast where turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. In this podcast, I'll bring you resources, tips, interviews, and lots more to help to grow your business and make it less dependent on you. Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast. I'm Dan Bradbury. And I'm Tilford Morrison. And this week, super exciting topic, we're talking about mergers and acquisitions. Yes, we are. So, this, uh, I was given this idea by an article I read on the BBC website, uh, uh, whatever the date was yesterday. Yeah, August, August 2nd. Something. Yeah, I there you go. <laughs> so, um, thousands of small firms go bust owing millions in bounce-back COVID loans. Fascinating article. More than 16,000 businesses uh, have gone under, owing uh, the insolvencies could cost the taxpayer as much as £500 million. So uh, for me, this is highly relevant because you might look at it and go, what the heck does um, businesses going bust have to do with merging acquisitions? Yeah, uh, a lot of people might wonder that, and it's a pretty simple answer. What better time to buy businesses than when they're on their way out? Like, they're desperate, they're under massive amounts of stress, and oftentimes they're just looking for people to take away that stress, take away that pain. Right, yeah, I, I, I think that people recite that, that the businesses that have the most rapid growth, if you look at some of the biggest company, companies of today, they're often born in times of recession. Yeah. Because when there's times of recession, which you know, I think is pretty well accepted, we're not officially there yet, but it's close. We're close, yeah. yeah. It, it's coming. If you talk to a human, we're in recession. If you talk to the Fed, not yet. <laughs> right, right. So, so, so it's coming, but when you have the downturn, the weak businesses die. Yeah. Right? So, so that's how the bigger, stronger, more robust companies accelerate their growth because they get to uh, buy assets for pennies in the pound. Here's a great example. So Jim Radcliffe, do you know who Jim Radcliffe Yes. Is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Jim Radcliffe, uh, for the listeners that don't know. Well, when I say I know him, I know of him. We're not pals. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. So for those that don't know, of Jim, um, uh, from uh, Ineos fame. So Ineos is the largest privately uh, held company in the United Kingdom. It's only got three shareholders, and I think it's... By the way, Jim, if you are watching this, first off, props to you if Jim's watching your podcast. If you are watching, I would like to be your friend. Sorry, continue. All right, so I I think the annual revenues uh, uh, last year was something like 60, 67 billion uh, pounds, I think that must be. Yeah. Um, so huge commitment, and it was all grown through acquisition. Great book on this t- topic, which uh, I, I must get up. It's called Winning the Mergers and Acquisitions Game. No, no, no. no. But That's a good book. It, it's it's it, it's Jim Radcliffe's biography. Ah, I think it's, okay. called, it's called The Alchemists. I'm pretty sure that's the title. But in the show notes, it's The Alchemist, okay. the Ineos story, mm-hmm. and it's how he grew this unbelievable behemoth all through mergers and acquisitions, but buying specifically distressed assets. Mm. So he specialized in petrochemicals, and he would... Okay, let me ask you this. What do you say to somebody then who says, yeah, but if you're buying a distressed business, it's a crap business, so why would you want to buy crap? Well, and uh, it reminds me of the the Warren Buffett quote, price is what you pay, value is what you get. Mm. So... Let me finish the Jim point, and then I'll tie yeah. back to small business. So Jim basically went round and bought assets for about 30 pence in the pound. Mm. So he, he did a lot of petrochemical stuff. So he would buy something that BP didn't want. They yeah. were getting out of an area or getting out of a product line, and they would sell off a whole manufacturing plant. You know, there was $100 billion and they would sell it off for 
30 billion, or billion, million, yeah. whatever. You, you get the idea yep. of the scale. So all of a sudden... 10 cents on the dollar, or 10 uh, pence on the pound. Right, uh, right. So all, all of a sudden, if, if you're buying at 10 or 20 or 30p in the pound, right, you can get an ROI yeah. much better. So he would take these unwanted... Assets. Look, here's an here's a easier example. Um, if you know any property investors, like buy that property investors... Mm-hmm. A very common strategy is people that advertise, you need to sell your home, sell your home quickly. And of course, they come to buy it normally just to pay off your mortgage so you, yep. you don't get made bankrupt. And they buy a, a £100,000 house for a £70,000, which makes their return on investment higher. Yeah, immediately you got thirty grand in equity, you're coming ahead of the game. Correct. Yeah. So, and therefore, your cash flow is stronger, etc., etc. And then when the market rebounds, you get the uplift. But this is more relevant, Tofa. Uh, for small businesses. And the reason why is um, not something like buy-to-let property where it's more commoditized. Specific businesses might be able to acquire assets which they can uniquely leverage. Easy example. Um, uh, uh, Several years ago, uh, I had a competitor uh, go bust. And as he was going bust, he was in a difficult financial position. Mm -hmm. And I had the cash, which allowed me to acquire this was before GDPR, I acquired the database and I was able to market to that database. So all of a sudden, I could get like five years worth of leads yeah. that you would have paid for on Facebook. I was able to get them in one hit, yeah. uh, in one go, really cheaply because I, I, I was able to take advantage and strike while they are So for the price you would have paid just for lead gen, you not only got the leads, you got the intellectual property, you got the assets of the business. Um, and you came out way further ahead. Right. Yeah. And the one thing that you didn't mention, got speed. Yeah. So you got all that like now. Instantly, yeah. Instant market share. Right. And if you think about, um, see, so look at big corporate and then tie back to small business. If you look at, you know, like a cliche one like Facebook buying Instagram. You know, paying, how, why do you pay billions for a business that doesn't have any doesn't revenue have any or profit? profit? Yeah. And the answer is, because they're not buying that asset for purely for the profit that it generates, or in that case, it didn't generate yeah. profit. They're buying it because they could leverage that asset, yes. i.e., that that massively increased their advertising eyeballs. Mm-hmm. They saw that's where the market was going, and it meant they didn't have to develop that themselves and compete with them. Right? Yeah. So they were able to just buy them out, have no competitors. And, and by the way, you're seeing that happen again with TikTok. Now they're trying to buy TikTok. TikTok don't want to sell because they know what they've got. Right, but you've got to be careful, right? Because uh, and it's also foreign national interests and everything else. Well, you, with TikTok, you, you, but yeah, but you've got to you, you've got to be careful because do you remember Periscope? Yeah, like that that was really hot. Really hot. They, and they died were like, overnight. They didn't want to sell, so then they did develop it themselves. But they they were approached to be acquired. Yeah, they turned I, them down. Listen, I, I don't know about you, but Dan, if I had a tech company right now, and uh, Facebook came along and offered me a couple billion for it, I I honestly like sometimes I wonder. I go. Even if I know it's worth thirty billion in two years, a bird in the hand's worth more than two in the bush. I, I, maybe it's a, a reflection of my poor entrepreneurship, but I gotta say, I'd probably take the money and run, especially with all the uncertainty in the market right now. I don't know. That's yeah, just so, my own so, so I, like, I, I admire them. I don't have that courage. Here's perhaps because if I'm listening to this, something I'm like, okay, what does this mean to me? What does it mean to me? Yeah. Here's a more simplistic approach. I look back to for over my. Uh, the years are going on. I was going to say 10 years in business. No, it's 15 years. No, it's... Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, so, it's so, 20 years. the old man club, buddy. Right, right. Yeah. Right. But w- when I look back, like, if I plot the revenue growth on a graph over time, 
Um, obviously, there's an overall upward trajectory, but there's been certain okay. points. I have to point this out. I have to. For those of you who are listening to this podcast, you have to watch the video. I have to. Mr. Successful Entrepreneur here has also been building his muscle setup, and then he just hulked himself and ripped his sleeve in his own shirt. So he's like hulking this out. Anyway, I had to point that out because somebody else is probably going, Does that thing have a real shirt? Yeah, you just hulked it up. I haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah. And it, to be honest, it was again, it's an old favorite, but it was, yeah, it was getting a little tight. I want to point out it's tight on the chest, not on, not the, on the, not the stomach area. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. chest development. Anyway, um, what the hell was I talking about? I oh, yeah, yeah. So the f- periods of fastest growth um, have always, so when I look back and I say, what were the times when it really shot up, like plateau, shot up, shot Every single time, Joe, every single time when there's been significant rapid growth, mm-hmm. it's always been preceded by one of two things, either a strategic partnership, an aggressive strategic partnership, or a merger or acquisition, mm. right? So, so uh, effectively, I mean, there's a lot of things you need to consider, but if, if, um, you are in a strong enough position, and I'll come back and qualify that in a moment, but if, you, if you're in a strong enough position, it is the quickest, fastest way to grow your business, mm-hmm. bar yeah. none. Which, by the way, leads us to our next segment, which is business fail of the week, because not only do you got to know what to buy, you got to know what not to buy, because you don't want to make a mistake. And after all, let's face it, you can learn from your own mistakes, or you can learn from other people's mistakes. So a new segment we're adding into the Dan Bradbury podcast is Business Fail of the Week. So let's talk about the Business Fail of the Week. Uh, so uh, well, one that comes to mind that's relevant to this, it's actually perhaps not this week, but it's rem- rem- uh, interesting to talk about on this topic is good old Elon Musk. So the, the, yeah. the, 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 the Twitter well, it's still this week because it's still going in and out and lawsuits going this way and going that way. But yeah, right. big fail of it. Right. And how this relates to small businesses, you've just got to be aware of the details. Now, I'm not trying to pretend like I know more than Elon. Right. <laughs> right? But <clears throat> he had a breakup fee. So they agreed to buy a business at a contractual arrangement, which if he then called it for $47 billion or whatever yeah. it was. And then if they called it off, there was a billion dollar Breakup fee, right? A billion mm-hmm. dollar, and now of course he said that he's not buying it, and then yeah. of course the Twitter board are coming saying, "Give us a billion dollars." So is he fighting the billion? Uh, yeah, yeah. Man, if I were him, I would just say, "Take the billion and run." That's right. how bad I don't need it, right? You know, um, interesting. Uh, by the way, interestingly I, I, enough, I don't care if you're Elon Musk. A billion dollars is a lot of money. Whatever <laughs> the heck you are. Uh, uh, interestingly enough, on that one, by the way, um, when you think about. When he was going down, now one could argue one of two things. Number one, he sees the market is tanking. He knows the share value is going, so he was going to literally buy at the very top of the market, and then it was going to crash, and he was going to lose a ton of money. So he thought cheaper to pay the billion fee or to fight it than to buy something high. That's probably the most logical option. But the other option is this, and this is a lesson I think every small business owner should benefit from. He, he was thinking of the perceived value of how many subscribers they had. And then he started digging into it deeper and realized, wait a minute, a lot of these are fake accounts. Now, I don't want to get myself sued by Twitter, so I'm not going to say how many fake accounts Twitter has, but it was way more than they were claiming. And he started to realize that, and he realized he was overpaying based upon how many actual customer bases they had. Small business world, how do you find that out? Because every time you're buying a business, they always make it sound better than it is because they want to get top value. They can tell you everything in the world, but you need to remember to say this one sentence. Show me 
the bank statement, right? Because it's a small business owner. They can, they can make the P&L look good. They can make the balance sheet look good. They can have a great cash flow forecast. Great. Show me the bank statement. Well, actually, on this topic, it's not business fail of the week. And I've not asked permission, so I'm going to have to be a little bit ambiguous. Yes. But this is true story, right? True story that costs somebody over a million, well into seven figures in cash. Went from expecting to receive seven figures cash to owing seven figures in that cash. That was classified business fail of the week. Right, right. So, so um, uh, uh, this was a business, business owner who I knew, great, smart business owner, lovely guy, built up a great business over, I think it was eight, might have been ten years, but got sick of it, right? Mm -hmm. So... I'll just say it was a multi-site business, so it had multiple locations, okay? okay? And it wasn't retail, but if you just imagine like a retail business, multiple stores, built it up painfully over time. It was uh, mid to high seven-figure revenue, uh, uh, a acceptable margin, a typical margin for that type of business, right? So mm -hmm. like right around the 10% mark. So when you say uh, high seven-figure, you're talking at least five million or more? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, and um, anyway, so he got sick of it. He got to the point where in the last two or three, you know, he's grinding it out. He's hating it because uh, without giving away the sector, the, the, were, uh, the market was tough. It was very competitive. So he went, you know what, I'm done with this. I want to cash in my chips. Mm -hmm. But because the market is so competitive, the, the big players were vying around trying to buy each other out. So in mm -hmm. a weird way, and then there's pri private equity coming in. War. Yep. Right, right. And there's a... So he got approached by people, and he went, yeah, that's me. And they put down a solid um, uh, fair value offer, so like a fair multiple for that type of business because it's transactional, it's not recurring revenue. Uh, I, I, like the multiple, I don't remember it exactly, but it was four, five, something, something for like that. Business, so like yeah. a, for that type of business model as well, you yeah. know, it wasn't a recurring revenue SaaS business, right, yeah. where you're selling for multiples of revenue, right? right? Yeah. It was... Uh, you know, what else? so let's say it was 5x profit. All right, fine. And he went, I'm good. I'm done. And it was cash because mm -hmm. it was private equity back, the, yep. you know, the buyer, right? Mm -hmm. So because they're looking to grow a chain and prepare it to float. So what happened? So all this is ready. And then the, like, preparing for exit. So he comes for consulting and says, help me like, get this over the line, little nuances. I went, no problem because, you know, I've, uh, uh, I bought and sold that been related, uh, have a small private equity Groups, I'm like, yeah, okay. So we do the whole thing. It's all, and these numbers are just dragging on and dragging on. And, and he's going, oh, well, you know, my person's off sick. And it got to the point when I went, dude, you've got somebody willing to give you multi seven figures in cash. And they're like going, what's going on? And he's holding it up. I'm like, you're going to lose this thing. Because mm. do you think they're just coming to you? Right, yeah. They're, they're, they're you, going they're, to everybody, yeah, right? Absolutely. And they'll only. Um, they'll digest a meal. So they're not going to buy everybody at the same time. Yep. They've got pots of cash, uh, like roll in that acquisition or roll it up and see it. Anyway, so I said, go and get another uh, fi finance director. Get them to come in, get them to get the numbers over the line while the other person had stress, had issues, whatever, some, some kind of like IBS, whatever meant he was okay. Up. And what happened? The, the, the person that he brought in found out that the number, because I'd seen that the numbers didn't stack up. Yeah. FD came in. The guy was defrauding him. His, his own, his own FD yeah. of from the start of the company yeah. had defrauded him. Oh. Right? Do I know how messed up this is? 
And even given COVID, we have the furlough scheme. So then how did this end up for him owing millions? Oh, because the way that the FD defrauded him was rather than pay HMRC, which is our equivalent of the IRS, yes. I, oh. he paid himself. So then he had back taxes. R right. So rather than getting, so obviously the deal fell through. Yeah. But then, but then, of course, it had to be disclosed. And then the HMRC came and said, huh. So the guy, I think it was like 1.7, 1.8 million. Oh over the last three, four, five years, right? And every payment to HMRC had been going in this guy's pocket. And if somebody's asking, well, how did the HMRC not come down? That was very clever, and that's out of the scope of this podcast. You've got to be in my mastermind <laughs> well, program to know that. There, yeah, or we'll, we'll do a show on tax evasion. Right, right. Oh, yeah. I, side note, yeah. uh, you know, everyone's got like, that guilty little pleasure. Mm -hmm. My guilty pleasure is I love reading books about uh, financial fraud. Uh -huh. Right, you know, like the smartest guys in the room is a great book about Enron as an example. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I love understanding how all that's done because that's how you avoid it happening oh. to you. And that brings us to the next segment, which is the book of the week. Well, well, perfect tee up for that. So, well, what's well, the book well, of the week? Well, well there's two. There's two, and, and I'll, I'll let you do one which you shared with me recently. We actually did a segment on in the in the, the most recent success mastermind, which was phenomenally pheno phenomenal uh, about merging acquisitions. Yes. But but as I would just mention, financial fraud. Uh, um, the smartest guys in the room. But the Enron, yeah. It's, it's about Enron, and it's it's. The business grew quickly. It also grew through acquisition. They did a documentary on that as well, but it's not nearly as in-depth as the book itself. Oh, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you do need some financial nows to, to get through it, but it's, I think it's potent because it, it shows you the pitfalls to avoid. Because yeah. Im imagine that, Tova. Imagine it, if you were ready to cash out your lifetime work, get your multi-seven-figure exit, you're done for life, yeah. and in the space of 30 days, he went from getting a multi-seven-figure cash sum to owing seven figures to HMRC and having to put the business into administration. Mm. Unbelievable. And by the way, that also is a really cool lesson there that you're just, you, you never know, right? You, as much as you must love and trust your staff, do the smart thing. You know, what do they say? Uh, trust in your horse, but tie up your, uh, trust uh, in the trust Lord, in but tie up your camel. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So what's the, so the book for you is the smartest guys in the room, smartest yeah. guys in the room, uh, the case of Enron, and the book for me would be uh, Winning the Mergers and Acquisitions Game by Tim Galpin. Yeah. I, it, I just want to say on that book, great structure. Like yes. it, it's M and A is a complex, broad world. I like, I don't think to be fair, you can just learn it from a book. That's yeah. why you. Right. Like, that's why. That, that, right. That's yeah, what it's like talking about reading a haircut. At some point in time, you got to pick up the shears and you got to cut. Right, yeah. but, but where that book is useful, a useful jumping off point is it gives, it breaks it down with other claims to the different stages of it. Yeah, he's done a really good job taking something which appears to have this nebulous process and he's broken it down into 10 specific phases. Quite clearly says these don't necessarily happen in order, but all of these have to happen in order for a successful M&A to Oh, one of the book actually, which is the book that jumped out my mind earlier, fabulous book, is a must-read, especially for business owners just dabbling. It's built to sell. John Warlow. Mm -hmm. That's a fantastic book. It's written as a fable yeah. by a business owner, and again, it's it's useful to open your mind. When it gets down to it, you need the right deal team. You need to get educated. There are a lot of pitfalls when it comes to M and A, yep. but if you have a good team around you and you get educated, it's. Phenomenal, bro.
growth strategy? All right, we've talked about current news. We've talked about the business fail of the week. We've talked about the business book of the week. Now it's time to talk about the business hero. All right, so this business hero of the week is Laura Roeder. She's a client of yours uh, who signed up for your private mastermind, what, two years ago, three years ago? Yeah, she's in her second year, so yeah. it's probably about 18 months ago. So what makes her the hero of the week? Two things. First of all, she, she signed up and she, was, she had two businesses. The first business, she went, oh, I'm not sure if I sell it or not. We had a chat. Ultimately, we packaged it. She, I said, what's your number, Laura? Yeah, what's, what's your, your, what's your number? number? Yeah. And she had a number. Uh, and uh, ultimately, within 12 months, we prepared and she, she got more than double the original number that she said. Nice. Yeah. So side note, she, she uh, was recently interviewed on the John Warlow podcast. Great interview. The second reason is she's looking at an acquisition right now. So she, she's walking the talk. So she cashed in a big exit and she's still an entrepreneur. And so, so she, she wants to buy she, another she's one. She's now for a, a current, she's looking to grow and she's looking to buy another one. And nice. she's, she's done her homework, she's applied what she's known and she's about to get a phenomenal asset. Awesome. We'll, put her, we'll put her contact details and like her home phone. We'll put her website and her contact information inside the show notes as well. All right, my friend, listen, we've done a good job. We've talked about the news topic of the week, the fail of the week, the hero of the week, the business book of the week. My friend, we bumped out a nice podcast on mergers and acquisitions. Uh, any last words or ideas you want to share, famous quotes about mergers and acquisitions you can think of? Oh, it, it just strikes me, Tova. If you want a better business, you need to be a better business owner. And if you're really, if you're already something of revenues and looking to really accelerate your growth and you've got a strong balance sheet, m and is the way to go, my friend. Oh, you know what? Actually, hang on. Before we go, uh, depending on the timing of this, your next success mastermind, which is coming up in September, uh, is going to be on mergers and acquisitions, which is also why we did this. So we better talk about it. Um, so uh, we're going to be talking about how to survive the recession, and the, one of the key strategies is going to be mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, well, the, there's actually two things. So the, the next success mastermind uh, about how to survive and thrive through the recession, through mergers and acquisitions, but, but also uh, we've got a specific one-day uh, workshop for our members on the 23rd of August. Mm. But if somebody's listening to this that's uh, seven-figure revenues, profitable, uh, B2B, uh, service-based business, and looking to grow through acquisition or looking to get educated about growing through acquisition. Uh, for every workshop, we have a few guest places uh, open. Mm -hmm. And just drop us an email. There's not a page up because it's only private for our members. But drop us an email to contact at danbradbury.com. Yeah. And uh, we'll give you the information. It's worth saying, by the way, that that is not an open invitation. You can still call, but you're going to interview them and make sure that they're qualified Right. Candidate, right? For the, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so you can call, but you may not necessarily get in. Listen, Dan, thank you so much for letting me be a part of your podcast. Uh, thank everybody for tuning in as well that did. Uh, make sure if you're interested to check out Dan Bradbury's Success Mastermind coming up in September. And well done. All right. Until the next time, let's all try a little harder to be a little better. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, Nine and a Half Steps to Improving Your Profits and Cash Flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community to connect with other business owners.